Hey, good evening. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, I can't even talk. Good evening. Good afternoon. And good night, everybody. It is Thursday night. Action Jackson, our top fan stats guys, with me. It's Bill. We're having a great time. We've been just rapping about different things. Jackson was throwing around a bunch of nineteen-year-old kids playing football, and he was proud of it on Thanksgiving. And we're just sitting here telling some old stories right now and having a good time. But it's Thursday night. So we got to give you a weekly review. And I know that there's not a lot going on in baseball or so people think, but there's a lot going on, Jackson. So let's, let's just kind of have a little, you know, regular Thursday night rap session, huh? I mean, the winter meetings are coming up, so I think things are going to start rolling this week. So I'm into that. Uh, but first and foremost, let's talk about, you know, let's let you be a Braves homer for a second. What are the Braves got going on? What have they done? What have uh, they not done? Uh, I mean, they, they haven't else. done they haven't done much. Uh, they re-signed Tyler Matzek uh, yeah, to a contract. That. He's recovering from Tommy John surgery, affectionately known uh, by his own nickname, Tyler Nutsack, for having a big nutsack, in his words, not mine. Uh, Hope you know, everybody is, is finished eating their breakfast as you're listening to this, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, NLCS hero 2021, greatest relief performance in Atlanta Braves history, striking out the side runners on second and third. Anyways, uh, that's that's really all the Braves have done. They've done a couple minor transactions here and there for the 40-man roster. Uh, I mean, I guess the real exciting thing is they, they let Acuna play in the Venezuelan League for like seven games, get some at-bats, you know, shake some of that, that. rest off. He had a couple dingers, and then he won the home run derby. <laughs> so All that, too. <laughs> I mean, that, that's an encouraging sign as, as a Braves fan. You know, we, we want him to get those reps in. And there's a lot of people talking about, you know, oh, he played those games, and he's going to go play in the World Baseball Classic. I think it's going to be good especially him missing so time, so much time. He might hit the beginning of the season in the middle of his stride. He likes to play baseball, so I, I'm not too worried about him or his, his physical condition. He seems – I mean, he was in pain all last year, but, you know, an ACL will do that to you, torn ACL. But, you know, he, he looks like he's ready He's ready to play baseball and have fun. So I watched, I mean, I watched the game that he injured himself, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't no. pretty and getting carried off the field by the trainer and can't remember who the other guy was, but he didn't even know which way to go to. He was so disoriented. He didn't know which way to go for the locker room. They were in Miami. I mean, it was brutal. It was brutal. So I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, I have mixed emotions about World Baseball Classic and guys playing in like Mexican leagues and Venezuelan leagues and stuff like that. It just because when you're paying them so and in, in Acuna's case, it makes sense. But when you're paying them so freaking much, if they get hurt out there, oh my gosh, right? But in Acuna's case, he needs the reps. He needs the time. He'll take December off. He'll get back at it with the World Baseball Classic January, February. For him, it makes sense. But for some players, oof. you know I'm, what I'm saying, Jackson? I'm, yeah, I mean, especially for, for Acuna, I think it helps that he's DHing. Mm -hmm. You know, and the, these teams know. The team in Venezuela knows. The Venezuelan team knows. He doesn't have free reign to run on the bases. You know, he's he's taking that easy. He's just there to to hit, get some reps in at the plate. That that's all he's there for. You yeah. know, yeah. You know what's interesting too, and, and I'm going to make a very popular, uh, unpopular statement. And Jackson, you can agree or disagree with me here. I love the fact that Nasty Nestor is going to pitch or Team USA. Right. I love that because it gets pitchers kind of in stride starting i do not like a guy who's been injury prone like mike trout playing on the world baseball classic because all he's got to do is rip that back up just a little bit 
and then he's out until May or June. I don't like it. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, it, again, it depends. You have to look at the roster. If they DH Mike Trout, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think he should be playing center field, you know, for however many games they end up playing, like 10 games. I right. think that's probably a little too much because they're definitely going to ease his workload in coming into the season. I think DHing him would probably be the best bet to keep him healthy. But again, I'm not in charge of the Team USA. I, I don't remember who is. <laughs> I, but, uh, I, I got they they called me. I sent a voicemail. I was too busy. <laughs> I said call Jackson. I, I thought they called you. You said you wanted Mookie Betts, and they said no, I can't do that. So <laughs> he's like, I, I'm done. I had Biden on the phone and I was sending Trump a voicemail and sending these guys to voicemail. And I was like, oh, man, it's crazy. Anyways, anyways, just joking, everybody. All right. So on the Dodgers front, uh, much to do about nothing right now. Right. Uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw has agreed to terms with the Dodgers. The Dodgers agreed to terms with Clayton. Um, we don't know what the amount of it truly is yet because he hasn't inked it up. Um what is interesting, I think what Major League Baseball loves to do is they like to make it exciting during the winter meetings and all of us try to guess and rumor mills this and rumor mills that, you know, all this stuff, right? Um, but the Dodgers have a lot that they need to go after and a lot that they can lose. Um, JT is still on that market right there. Um, and so is Trey Turner. And so there's a lot of great talent in the minors that needs to come up. There's people that need to come up and play, but can they do 162 yet? No, not yet. And so it'll be interesting to see how, how things, and Jackson and I both promised each other. We wouldn't talk about rumor mills uh, before this, right? Cause we could spend all night talking about what if, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but I, 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 mean, right now. I mean, if you wanted to add one, one thing you could, I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's here's the reality. Jackson has turned down a 10-year, um, $200 million contract with Top Fan Rivalry to be our stats guy. We're working on it. Um, we're negotiating with his agent right now, but we're hopes to be you know, having that done here with, so that we can keep Jackson as the Top Fan stats guy. Uh, that's the only rumor mill that I really want to talk about. We offered him 10 years, $200 million, and he hasn't taken it yet. So that's Jackson, gonna, you know, don't tell your agent. We're going to negotiate gonna be- He's trying to buy out my arbitration is what he's trying to do. There you go. There you go. There you go. But I yeah, mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, winter meetings will get this rolling. I think, you know, Aaron Judge and Justin Furlander are the two big dominoes that fall. Once that falls, everything will start sliding into place. I think according, teams. according to MLB.com, JV may even sign right as the winter meetings are going. And it sounds like he may even sign in LA. So who knows? No, nobody knows. They like to, to drum up these things. Everyone wants to read an article that so and so is going to their favorite team. So called clickbait. We all love to hate it, but we all do it. We all click on. It. We we hate it, but we click on it anyways. Isn't that right? We have to know. There's there's a, a and I won't mention the site, but there's an Instagram site that all it does is post. And I watched it when it started, and it had like fifty followers, and now it's up to like twenty thousand. All it does is post girls fighting in stadiums. That's it. That's it. And I'm thinking, wow, you that's real clickbait right there. That's all they do. And I don't follow them. They come through like, you know, when you search on Instagram, they're always there. Like here, Bill, go here. And and not gonna happen. Anyways, you mentioned before we talk about signings, you mentioned Aaron Judge. Okay, that, that one slipped out of your mouth. Let's talk about All Rise real quick. 
uh, eight years, 300 million um, is what the Yankees offered him. Apparently he had a no holds barred meeting with everybody who's ever worn a Giants jersey, including it sounded like Willie Mays to try to court Aaron to play with the Giants. According to John, whatever his name is, um, who I, I don't always trust. Um, sorry, John. Uh, it's either the Giants or the Yankees. I'm guessing he's going back to the Bronx. What do you think? I mean, if I were to guess, it's if I were to guess, it's the team who pays him the more more money. But you know, you know, I I San Francisco certainly has the payroll to match whatever the Yankees can do. I think it just comes down to preference and where he wants to be. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, so I we're not going to. You know what? I said it before we got on there. I'll say it here. I don't think he's worth almost $40 million a year that he wants, especially since he just turned 30. You know, the the last four years of that contract might look pretty bad, even with the DH. You do have to worry about that. You know, playing in a, if he does move to San Francisco, he has to man a massive outfield, which is just a toll on, toll on the body. You know, it's a tough place to play. The The weather's not always great in San Francisco, the same in New York. So you really wonder how long he can last, especially the guy, such a big frame. Big hitters like that don't tend to to hold their power. The knees start to go first. That, yeah. Then the power goes. So well, and and what I think is is interesting about the the judge thing is you've got some intangibles. On the Giants side, he's from that area. He grew up a Giants fan, right? Um, so you know, making big dollars to be at home, pretty awesome feeling, right? The flip side of that coin is he's got a huge outfield to cover and he's not going to be able to hit a pop fly that's going to get out of the yard. Not like he does in New York, right? So his power numbers are probably going to go down. You know, I'd be surprised if he hit more than 45 home runs a season in that eight years in, in San Francisco. If he signs San Francisco, I'd be surprised if in his first year he hit more than 40. Um, the other intangible that San Francisco has is that they dish out that kind of money where are they finding money for pitching? Where are they finding money to fill other holes? They're aging. They've got Brandon Belt. They've got Brandon Crawford. They're they're an aging team. Um, Mikey Skrimsky hasn't played up far the last two seasons. So if you go to the Giants, you're you're looking at where do we get the extra dough for? What else do we do? At the Yankees side of the coin, he's already been there, right? He's ultimately playing for the biggest team in the world when it comes to baseball. The world stage is, is Yankee Stadium, right? Um, he gets a lot more home runs there. But what's more important is he's playing for a team that's not, quote-unquote, rebuilding. So the next couple years, he can chase that ring, A. And B, um, there's other players that, that are going to play there. So they're not just going to try to pitch around Judge just to get – you know, to Anthony Rizzo, who could be on fire, or John Carlo, I can't find a jersey that fits me right, Stanton, um, or any of these other guys that they have on their club, whereas in New York, whereas in San Francisco, if he's bat number two and Brandon Bell's bat number three, I guarantee you I'm going to walk Judge to base. I'm going to run my chances with Aaron, with Brandon Bell. I'm not running my chances with John Carlo Stanton, but I'm running my chances with Brandon Bell. Does that make sense, or am I totally off? Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense, but I mean, the counter argument is you go back to the Yankees, and then what? You know, the Yankees have been doing the same thing for the last decade. It seems like and they haven't got anything to stick. 
You know, they haven't made the World Series since two thousand nine. Uh, it seems true. to be this. It seems to be the same formula, you know. Just, you know, they have the the three, four star guys, and then you know they kind of cheap out on the the other positions in the field. You know, the bullpen's always really good. The rotation's really solid, but then they get to the playoffs. You know, all of a sudden your three best hitters can't hit. You know, the rest of your lineup is not great. You know, they just kind of fall apart. Wheels come off. Exactly. And I was talking with Mikey Bleeds Blue, and he and I were talking about how the Dodgers are the world champions of regular season baseball for the last 10 years where the world champions of regular season baseball, but we just can't make it happen in October. And case in point this last year, Yankees are the same way they are. And with the new schedule where you play every team, that means that, that the Yankees are going to play teams that are rebuilding like Colorado, like Arizona, like Pittsburgh, Teams that they wouldn't normally play, um, they're going to get a chance to play them, like the Cubs, right? Sorry to all you fans out there that are Cubs or Pirates or, or fans of, of the Diamondbacks or Colorado, but you're rebuilding, right? And Miami, you're rebuilding. So you're, you're going to get a chance to play teams that you weren't necessarily playing before, which will get you into the dance. What you do with it, I think this was a huge lesson this last season about getting to the dance and what you do with that dance card once you get there. Yeah, so. I mean, just look, looking at the Yankees the last several times they've been in the championship series, say what you want about Houston and, you know, sign stealing, buzzers, whatever you want to say. Houston's flat out outplayed the Yankees every single time they've met them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what Houston has done is develop their young talent, and then they sign the key free agents in the spots they don't have the talent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Yankees have kind of gone with the opposite approach where they, you know, they, they create their own log jams and then they have holes elsewhere. It's it's the flashy names. It's the star power. It's the the New York Yankees. You know, they feel this need to you know to have the big names rather than you know putting the best chance to win. You know, I'm sure Yankees fans will tell you. It's, do you think Isaiah Kinder Falefa was the answer at shortstop all year for the Yankees? No, the guy had like a 500 something OPS all season. Yeah, he supposedly plays good defense, but you know, for years they've been wanting a good shortstop. There's a strong shortstop market last year. A strong one this year, and if the Yankees don't do anything and they just re-sign Aaron Judge, it's like, you know, it's what's the definition of madness, Bill? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, we've kind of gotten on the Aaron Judge tangent, but it's it's kind of a lesson for all oh, all the teams in the MLB. It's and it's something as a Braves fan, I'll bring up the whole Dansby Swanson thing. There's a lot of Braves fans who are up in arms. You know, pay Dansby whatever the price. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, if we can make the team better without Dansby Swanson, at the end of the day, you got to let him walk for the, you know, for the money he wants. You might as well sign, if you're going to pay somebody 25, 30 million a year, you might as well sign a Trey Turner. You might as well sign a Xander Bogarts over Dansby Swanson because they're basically the same age, but they give you a better chance to win. At the end of the day, baseball, baseball is a business. You know, if guys want to play for a certain team, if guys want to play for a certain team, you know, they'll come back and play for a certain team. Uh, last year, you. you know, a lot of Braves fans talking about Freddie Freeman or like, you know, he wanted to come back this or that. Chipper Jones said it the best. If Freddie wanted to be in Atlanta, he would have taken the discount and played in Atlanta no matter what. There would have been no hangups. There's the there's baseball, there's baseball fandom, fandom, and there's the business of baseball. You nailed it, Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's that's one of those things that just drives me absolutely bonkers that people don't understand. Well, how come? How can we non-tendered Cody? 
because he he's eighteen point three million dollars this season, and last season he had two ten. The season before he hit one ninety, and the season before he had two thirty five. So when you average that out, it's barely over the Mendoza line, and you're going to pay somebody eighty or eighteen point three million dollars to hit two hundred for you. Yeah, I mean, awesome. It, just another example. Growing up in Southern California, watching the mid twenty tens Angels, you know. They throw guys out there like Luis Valbuena. And, you know, the, the fans love Luis Valbuena for some reason. Mike Social loved Luis Valbuena for some reason. But, like, when they got rid of him, I'm like, finally. You know, brought no value to the team. <laughs> it, my dad and I would always joke about it. It's like, you know, sometimes fans get so caught up on, you know, the fan favorite or, the, you know, the, the random postseason hero. Yep. And – at the end of the day, it's you, you, you try to win. You try to make your team better. So if you're going to splash money in free agency, I think teams have gotten a lot better at this. They don't really kind of like throw money at players that won't make their team better. It happens every once in a while, but that's why you see a lot of these guys sit till mid-December, early January, waiting for a deal because teams really have kind of gotten to this business, you know, develop your own, develop your own players, see what you got, and then, you kind of bring in what you need at the end to kind of, you know, top it off, get you over Amen. the finish line. Amen. I love it. I love it. So to wrap up this segment, um, cause we know you're, we hear that most people like to listen to this stuff in the morning. So as you're driving to work, you're, you're probably getting close to being there. You got your coffee or whatever you drink in the morning, right? You might be throwing something at a radio based on, you know, as you're listening to this based on something that Jackson or I have said, which is okay. Just don't get in a car accident. Um, and that being said, let's wrap it up with, again, it's weird to talk about this, but it's it's kind of much to do about nothing right now until after the winter meetings. Um, but let's talk about a few of the signings that have happened. I mean, Jackson, is is there one that comes to mind for you yet? Uh, one, one that makes me laugh is, uh, you know, I'll call him Atlanta Braves legend Shelby Beller signing with the Dodgers. <laughs> you know, th- thank you, Arizona, again. Uh, but other than that, other than that, I mean the big one, Jose Abreu to Houston. This this is an example. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, loved guy in Houston, was a fantastic player for Houston for many years. They're letting him go. They're they're signing a better player. At the end of the day, they're making their team better. They won the World Series, but Houston's looking at their team on paper and going, "This signing makes more sense than bringing back Justin Verlander because it seems like they've let Verlander walk." They have six other starters. It makes sense. Yeah. That pitch clock is going to hurt that uh, uh, Valdez, though. Let me tell you, that guy takes about 27 minutes to get the ball, wipe everything down, do everything on his wrist and his arms. And then finally he throws a pitch and then the batter falls asleep, uses home plate as a pillow, waits the 27 minutes, and then the guy throws another pitch. So that whole pitch clock thing is going to not work out for him so well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And with the shift being changed and the stolen base rules being changed, I wouldn't be surprised that some of these under the radar acquisitions, there's guys. I mean, Cody Bellinger might be helped out a lot by, you know, the he evolution of the shift. He was the third most. Uh, I saw a stat the other day. He was the third most shifted left-handed batter in the league, or something like that, at like a ninety-six left field. Yeah, ninety-six percent or something like that. So, you know, you take away the rover, a lot of these hard hit base, hard hit baseballs. You know, outfielders can't position themselves as well because you don't have someone covering short. It'll be really interesting to see what teams do, <laughs> you know, to kind of. It, it'll be fun when they stand the bases up north to south, and the bases now are half as big as Jose Alcubic. Yeah, I mean, bigger bases, so 
We're going to see a lot more stolen bases. We're going to probably see the return of the hit and run. Yeah. Hopefully, the hit and run and the squeeze are the best plays in baseball. My um, my interesting signing besides Jose Abreu, besides Jose Abreu, which Jose Abreu is thirty six. Um, the uh, uh, Yuri Gurriel is thirty nine. So it it makes sense in what you're saying. Although I know some pop fans that are in love with La Pena, the you know it's uh, Yuli Gurriel, but that's fine. Um, we all have our fan favorites, right? Um, and I'm going to give props to that top fan here in a second. Um, the one that was interesting was the one that we just saw today, three year deal in in Tampa Bay with Zach Eflin or however you say his name. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. I think that's interesting that Philly let him go because he he had some decent he had some decent strings in the long stretch for Philly this year and in the playoffs he was decent. So, I, you know that that one was interesting. Uh, what it tells me is Philly's got their eye on something, but what it also tells me is that, especially for the amount of money that they're going to pay him for a three year deal, it tells me that Tampa Bay thinks they're only one or two pieces away from. Not only getting to the dance, but going deep into the dance again, trying to make the World Series. Which, if you ask this guy, I don't know that I'm there yet with Tampa Bay. But I mean, if you if you ask me, I think Tampa Bay's like three bats away, judging by their performance against Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Cleveland's a team that you don't sleep on either. I mean, oh, there's this is a team that yeah they can they can splash. I mean. Hmm. Talk about abolishing the shift. Jose Ramirez was a top five player in baseball with the shift. They're going to take the shift away. Like, <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. the The one deal that cracked me up when I saw it, I, you know, you know, sometimes when you you're listening to the news or you've got a few few minutes and you turn on the computer and you're you know, go to something.com and get some news. You know how yeah. when you say. Okay, it must have been a really slow day in the news if this is what we're talking about. You know those days? Yeah. Carlos Santana, one-year deal to Pittsburgh. <laughs> hey, okay. I mean, what does Carlos Santana do? Think Moneyball. What does he do? He gets yeah. on base. He gets on base, but but he ain't as young as he used to be, and he doesn't he's not as fit as he used to be. So I mean, for a rebuilding Pittsburgh team, I see it more as a leadership, a, a leadership sign, a leadership a rebuilding team, a rebuilding team for Pittsburgh. Wait, you're talking about Pittsburgh pirates, right? I, look, I think the pirates have been rebuilding since they last won the world series. No offense to Pittsburgh fans living up here in PA. It's pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bleak around here with the attitude around the pirates. But, you know, I think this could be a good signing, you know, maybe, you know, help the young guys, you know, work on their plate discipline. You know, Santana's a professional. He plays 100 to 150 games a year. He goes out yeah. there and he plays. The, um, yeah, yeah. The I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I, I Pittsburgh fans, I'm sorry I was joking, but to be honest with you, Pittsburgh fans, it's good when you guys are in the playoffs because you have history of winning. And it's good when you guys make the playoffs. When you guys made it in the early 2000s when Russell Martin was your catcher, I mean, the entire city was on fire. It was great to see that yeah. that um, that feel and that flavor and, and things like that. So I'm not picking on you guys, but but it's it's been a few years where, I mean, it's really easy for you guys to to pull the, the Timothy Looper line out in June and say, and another thing, 
Just wait till next year. Uh, all right, Jackson, what did we miss? Let's. Is there anything else that we want to do in the next 90 seconds? I mean, uh, you know, I think it would be appropriate to mention the passing of Gaylord Perry today. Thank you. Um, you know, Hall of Famer, absolute legends. You know, whenever I think of Gaylord Perry, all I can think of is uh, getting the Vaseline off the bill of your hat. But all jokes aside about his, his spitballing and him embellishing how much he actually used the spitball, is a, he was a fantastic pitcher, pitched for a really long time. You know, yeah. a, a, a true professional pitcher. Probably the yeah. last, of, last of the workhorse pitchers, you know, from the era he, he pitched in because I think he finished in 83. So, you know, and then on the tail end of that, you know, we had a couple guys bleed into the early 2000s. But he was probably like the last of that or the first of that last generation to retire. Good call. That's who I wanted to mention as well. Um, a guy that pitches 22 seasons. Um, he told the story. If it's, it's on MLB.com right now. But he told the story of why he started touching his hat and why he was doing that stuff. It was because he saw Don Drysdale doing that and it was freaking players out. And he says, now, I, I don't want to say that I never threw a spitball. But, <laughs> you know, great guy. Just He played with a bunch of teams. Obviously, the bulk of it was with the Giants. But... He was the type of guy that just played the game right and was a character and just got out there and he made the game fun. So, Mr. Mr. Perry, rest in peace and may all go well with your family. So, Jackson, did we do we have anything else that we got to cover? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, Hall of Fame ballots are out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we could talk about those next time. We don't we don't need to bring it up. Contemporary ballot voting happens this week at the winter meetings. So. We might be jumping back to revisit that. Some interesting names on that list, to be sure. Yep. Uh, yep. But we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to. I want to end this these segments a little differently now. I want to end these segments with just a one shout out to one pop fan. This uh, week, I want to shout out Jackie. Uh, she goes by Juicebox Jackie on um, on Instagram. She sent me a rally towel from the World Series from Game Six. Oh, nice. So I have a Houston Astros rally towel and I, and I collect those rally towels. I mean, I got a bunch of them from Dodger stadium. Every time when I go to a, a Dodger playoff game, I make sure I grab like three of them so I can send some to friends and everything. But Jackie, thank you for the towel. Appreciate it. Grateful for you. Love it. It's sitting here in my office right next to the all-star ball for 2020, which Jackson, where was 2020's all-star game played? Wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> And I have a practice ball that the MLB made up that they gave out to all the different stadiums to use for practice for batting practice. So. Anyways, Jackson, thank you for the time. As usual, if you're going to go to topfanrivalry.com and you're going to go to the merchandise section, do not pay full price. Jackson will yell at me if you do. What code are they supposed to use, Jackson? Just just use code Jackson. Scoop up a Jackson. hat. Scoop up, scoop up a shirt. Scoop up a cozy. Cozy. Scoop up a hat. We got t-shirt deals. We got a ton of fun stuff. We got, we, have, we got baseball cards now. We got baseball cards. We got, if you have locker, by the way, if you have locker room, if you don't have locker room access, I don't know what you're doing, but if you do have locker room access, you can actually go in and you can get discounts already in there and you can use your codes, but you can get discounts on the baseball cards. That's we got crazy. a Shohei Otani that's worth over a hundred bucks there that we have on sale. At $55 plus an additional 10% off. What? 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 
What? Anyways, Jackson, it's always fun. I love Thursday nights. I love catching up with you, my friend. I appreciate you. Pop fan rivalry followers, we appreciate you. Jackson, anything you want to say as we go out? Uh, Happy December, I guess. That kind of came out of nowhere, but happy December. Whatever person is. All right, we'll see you next Thursday. See ya.